Welcome to the ARC Experience, featuring the stories of self-advocates with disabilities and their families from around Wisconsin. Be inspired. Take action. And now for today's episode. And welcome to the ARC Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Pugh with the ARC Wisconsin. And we are joined today by Sally Flashberger, who is the project manager with the Living Well Project, which is a project of the Wisconsin Board for People with Developmental Disabilities. Thanks for joining us, Sally. Hi, I'm really excited to be here. I've been waiting to be invited to the podcast. Well, we're glad to have you. So let's just make sure we know that people know what is Living Well. Sure. Uh, Living Well is a national demonstration grant from the Administration on Community Living. And it is really has a focus on um, uh, capacity building and increasing the quality of home and community-based waivers. And so it's a five-year grant that we have um, that eight states in the United States have. So Wisconsin is one of those. We're just entering our third year of the grant and we're really excited about the work we're doing um, around Living Well. So I've been really excited to be able to partner with BPDD and Living Well. And one of the things I know we've been working on is this idea of virtual services. And many, many people don't really probably know what they are, have never used them. Can you describe a little bit about what's happening in Wisconsin right now with this exciting new thing called virtual services? Uh, yes, so this is one of the positives that kind of has come out of the COVID-19 virus. So um, early on when the pandemic really took over, we worked with um, several providers around the state who were um, trying to figure out ways to deliver those home and community-based services to people with disabilities across Wisconsin. And so they quickly moved from in-person services to virtual services. So just like you and I on this uh, Zoom that we're on, but it, obviously we're doing a podcast, people were able to join all sorts of different offerings from different providers around the state. So instead of not having any services, they were able to get connected um, with help and without help if not needed and to get lots of different offerings um, that were available from different providers around the state. So when you talk about different offerings, what are some of the things that people are now able to learn or do in uh, virtually that they weren't able to do before virtually? Sure. I think that was the really great part is the creativity of so many different providers around the state. Um, just uh, we heard a lot about offering different exercise classes, mindfulness, um, uh, uh, just really maybe friendship get togethers daily living skills, employment building skills, um, services. So lots of really different opportunities. I think the other thing we found was so great was that providers um, listened to the self-advocates about what they wanted to learn. And so a lot of providers allowed the self-advocates to get involved in the planning and even help lead some of the virtual services. But, um, and, and I think, uh, the, the planning was even more purposeful maybe than we had seen in the past for in-person services 
because they really had to have a kind of a curriculum and a, and a really planful activity for people to want to get involved and stay involved virtually. So it sounds like there's even more out there for people than there was before. Um, and do you think like more, like it, it has the capacity to reach even more people than too? Yes, absolutely. It has the capacity to reach more people. We heard from um, several of our providers that they had new clients. They also had clients that they had tried to engage to come to in-person services. And whether it was due to a health issue, maybe um, some anxiety, uh, transportation, had not been able to engage before, and now we're able to really become involved. So, so it did expand um, some of the providers' services to new people. So that was exciting. And I think the other thing was you didn't have to be assigned necessarily to a geographic area. So we heard a lot about people who were maybe in Rhinelander and there was somebody else joining from maybe somewhere in the Fox, Fox Valley. And so different people getting to know each other around the state and hearing different experiences about where they live. That's super exciting. But, you know, I, I would imagine that uh, in the beginning, at least, people had to deal with, um, you know, their learning curve around technology. Uh, what, are, what are providers saying or what are you saying to people who say, ah, oh, technology's new, I'm, you know, concerned I won't be able to use it? So obviously that's a concern. I think that was a concern for all of us, you know, whether you had a disability or not, when we all ended up having to stay home and, and connect, whether it was for work or for services, you know, we all had to quickly learn. But what was really great about, about the providers that we work with is we they quickly um, just figured out how they were going to get technology to people, how they were going to support people on that technology, what type of education they might need. Did they need someone to get on and educate them first about the different platforms? Even in some instances, providers did go into the homes or um, if a person was in a group home or their individual home and really helped to get them set up. So providers really took um, kind of ownership of making sure that people have been able to get connected. And, and I think the other part was even people who maybe struggled in the beginning, providers saw that them consistently signing into a different course or something like that really allowed them to build those skills. And even to the point now where providers are actually having um, classes on those skills. And so I, people should not be afraid to get involved with virtual services because there is a lot of support out there to get connected um, uh, and, and to really feel comfortable with the technology and to get the support that they might need to participate. So much more to talk about. Uh, I have many more questions. We're going to take a real quick break to hear from our sponsor. We'll be right back. This podcast episode has been brought to you by Old National Bank. Old National Bank has been recognized by the National Organization on Disability as a leading disability employer and one of the best places to work for disability inclusion. Old National, fostering a welcoming workplace where people of all abilities, backgrounds, and skills can work together to accomplish great things.
Okay, Sally, we're back. I have more questions about virtual services. I'm wondering, okay, I'm interested in this. It's going to be a long winter. I want to stay connected. How do I go about finding virtual services and, and getting them connected for myself? So I would say there's two really distinct ways. Uh, one is first, if you're working with a provider, to find out from them if they're offering any virtual services. So maybe you haven't been connecting in person. So maybe you haven't even asked them about that. So asking any of your providers that you're getting services through um, home and community-based services, if they're providing those virtual services. And maybe if they're not, maybe even suggesting to them that you might be interested and maybe they should start to consider developing something. It's going to be a long winter. We know we're still going to be at home. Um, and then the other, which is very important too, because you need authorizations to get the services. Um, you need to, <laughs> you're going to need to um, talk to your care manager or your iris consultant about how you're gonna get those services uh, authorized in your plan. It sounds like you have a friend there that wants to talk about <laughs> virtual services as well. That's okay. I do. On the Art Experience podcast, we welcome all voices of all kinds. So it sounds like I, I, should, I should think about what virtual services I might be interested in, have a talk with my iris consultant or my care manager, or maybe a provider who I've already been working with. Correct. Uh, you may need to add it to your plan. It may re require some new authorizations. You may even want to consider asking about technology. That is very important. So, so um, through your plan, you are allowed to get technology if you need it to meet um, a service in your plan or a goal. So not only having the conversations about virtual services, but also about the technology that you might need to access those services. And by technology, you mean if I might need an iPad or computer or I don't have a good Wi-Fi connection just to talk about those sorts of things as well? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And, and again, that's a place to go with the providers too, because we did have many providers who did um, provide like loaner equipment, hotspots for... Um, for people to access uh, th their services. Okay, I learned so much about virtual services today. What a way to get through the long winter. Sally, is there anything you wanted to add and make sure that our listeners know about virtual services in Wisconsin? No, obviously my puppy wants to get in on the action here at the our podcast. Uh, no, I think just uh, making sure that people are getting connected. It is going to be a long winter and we don't want you to feel socially isolated out there. So really reach out and um, talk to your provider, your care manager, your iris consultant. Uh, get all the information that you need and get set up. Get set up as quickly as you can because there are lots of providers out there already offering services. Okay, thank you so much for talking with us today, Sally Flashberger. And thank you to our listeners for listening to the ARC Experience podcast. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next time.
Today's episode of The ARC Experience was brought to you by The ARC Wisconsin, the state's oldest advocacy organization for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities and their families. It's funded in part by the Wisconsin Board for People with Developmental Disabilities. Our theme music, called Species, is the property of EY5Z and cannot be copied or distributed without permission. It was produced by Eleanor Cheatham, a composer and artist with autism.